Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. You'll be glad to hear, Tony. Yeah. I'm back to full health. I know you were worried about me earlier in the week. Extremely. You panicked. But I'm all right. <laughs> um, I got hit with food poisoning a few days ago. <laughs> and you can hear how sympathetic Tony was and still is. Uh, um, I, have you had food poisoning before? Probably, yeah. No, but you would know if you've had food poisoning Yeah, before. I mean, yeah, I must have, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I seem to get it quite a lot. I don't know what I'm eating or maybe I'm not washing my hands enough. But when I get it, mo most of my family take the piss out of me for it. I seem to get it incredibly aggressively. <laughs> so cut to scenes of me on Monday morning before I was about to head here to record a podcast. Head in the toilet, like... <laughs> like that scene from Team America. Yeah. I'm like never normally sick. I just, I'm like, it's really aggressive. So I had to send you a text being like, oh, oh, d d oh, pause on today, mate. I might be, I might be otherwise preoccupied. I'm dying, basically. I'm dying, yeah, but um, I hate recovered. being sick. Don't you? Mate, actually, vomiting, I despise. It me actually too. scares me a bit. It doesn't scare me. I just, but in general, uh, it's not that common in adults. You're sick as a child, sure, and as uh, as you become really old, you can get sick again, as in physically sick. But when you're past that stage, you know, the bit in between, from like sixteen to 60 odd male and women human beings they're very rarely sick do do you ever get sick from alcohol uh, well that's self-inflicted no no but i'm just asking but i mean I, I, i've never been sick from alcohol actually apart from one time when i'm pretty sure i was uh <laughs> that's a good one. i was gonna say date rape but i wasn't raped i was i had the drug i think someone you spiked just, my drink you was just dated i'm an attractive guy in a bar and he, someone spiked my drink you but, had hair then yeah <laughs> <laughs> it actually didn't so scream <laughs> But no, so but like, I'm not someone who gets sick from alcohol, mainly because I don't drink that much. Right. But it's not something that happens to me. Are you, if you drink a lot, will you vomit? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But, okay, but I know not to ever get to that to point. Oh, uh, yeah, I would stop myself. And because this is an automotive podcast, which we often forget, how about if you're a passenger in a car? Have you ever been in a passenger in a car and felt nauseous or actually vomited? Uh, yeah, I can, I can vividly remember 
coming out of a club in uh, Streatham, okay, in southeast London, club called uh, Caesars. Sounds like a classy it's establishment. It's not, it's not there anymore, luckily. <laughs> it's a dive, mate. <laughs> we used to go there because it was like 20 quid to get in. Sure. Drink all, you, drink all you like. Oh, okay. Like, so you'd come out like blattered. Yeah. And I remember getting in a cab and being sick on the way home. Okay. And I, and that will never, I was 18. But that will never but, leave me. I remember that. What about now? Like if you go out for a lap with Archie Hamilton at Silverstone... Or Paul Wallace. <laughs> like, well, not Archie. Don't drive fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying Paul because of his erratic behaviour. Paul but, Wallace, um, I wouldn't get in the car with him. No. <laughs> That's so hard. <laughs> we love you, Paul. Um, Being a bush. But do you know, because I, I definitely get nauseous in a passenger seat. No. Well, I mean, I've done Amelia Amelia with you, mate. I've done thousand yeah, miles I'll, with you. I mean, I would say flat out using a free seat. I was going to say, we weren't flat yeah, out. Yeah, going to run fast. Only around track. I don't get that nauseous on public roads, but I, I definitely, if I get in the passenger seat... On track, I definitely get nauseous. Do you? No, yeah, I 100%. don't. 100%. No, no, no. I love it, I do. Really? Oh, I love it. Yeah. You're happy in a passenger seat on track? Uh, well, because I'd only get in a car with someone on track that I trust. It's pro level. Yeah, or not or not at all. I wouldn't get in I wouldn't get in with a Billy. I wouldn't no. get in with someone who doesn't... Oh, no chance. Yeah. Because then I, I'd just flap. Yeah, fair enough. Well, anyway... Uh, <laughs> Moving on from all the vomit chat. Sorry, everyone. Uh, happy holiday season, I suppose. We're a few days from Christmas. Ooh, are you ready? Have you, have you wrapped your presents? I'm going holiday. I know you are, mate. Well, actually, and on that note, uh, this is our final recording session of the year. We're, we're double episoding today, uh, which we do every now and again. Uh, because, yeah, Tony's off on holiday. Uh, I also have some time with family. So what well, is Christmas. It is Christmas. I think we're allowed it. <laughs> Sorry, I sounded like really defensive there. <laughs> we're allowed our time off. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I was just saying uh, we're double double recording today. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So, but have you, are you are you ready for Christmas? How, what does Gravelwood close down? And what are your opening hours over the holiday? Yeah. Season? So um, normally we'll work right up to Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're actually going to be closed Christmas Eve this year. Um, so we're going to close Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and there's a bank holiday after. Um, but we'll be still available on the phone and emails um, and then open again. And then like New Year's Eve, we'll open till like two o'clock, three o'clock. And then, uh, yeah, back to normal the week after. So have you ever had a big baller, male or female, come in on like Christmas Eve being like, oh, I got to, I got to get a last minute present for, for my partner. I'll pick up the X5. I knew you was going to say that. I have had that before. I can't remember a car, but I can a car I can vividly remember that that I sold on Christmas Eve was that Escort RS Turbo. No way. Bloke just come in on Christmas Eve and said, "I'll have it. I'll take it now." That's mega. Yeah, that's very cool. That's did the I, standout. Did I collect my 540C on like Boxing Day? No, you collected it in. You might have. Bought it oh, New then. Year's Day. No, it couldn't have been New Year's I Day. Was, was it, it was New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. 31st. Yeah, it was something like shut. that. Oh, yeah. Or the, yeah, it was New Year's Eve, maybe. Yeah. And then you drove it somewhere. Yeah, and hid it. Hid it, yeah. Hid it because I wasn't no unveiling knows. it for a while. You didn't even have your plate on it, did you? No. Uh, or did you have your plate on it? I think it? I did. And I think there's that story that I've told before where I parked at the M4 services and I came out and a lot of people were stood around the car. And I assumed that they were viewers, forgetting the fact that I just bought a supercar and they were just looking at a McLaren. Yeah. I was like, guys, hi. If you can just not post the car anywhere, they were like, who are you? Yeah. Like, leave us alone. I was really embarrassed. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, uh, we've got lots to talk about uh, today. Uh, we're actually going to be revisiting a topic we've done before, but but it's a topic that a lot of you request, and it's something that we've kind of been avoiding, I guess, for 2022, but as this is one of our last episodes of the year we thought we would do, it's our Dream 5 Car Garage. And as I say, we've done it before, but lots has changed since our last time of recording this episode. Our views on certain cars have changed, but also new cars have been revealed. We've driven different things. We have different experiences. As I say, it's, it's one of our most requested formats. So that's what we're going to covering off towards the end of the episode but before we get into that i want to talk about a new car reveal which i know tony is not going to care about but i'm absolutely obsessed with it's the new alfa romeo zagato did you see this yeah that's that stupid old cheese wedge thing that they bring back yeah but but i don't actually know like how much of it is the cheese wedge they brought back or whether people were just saying oh because it's the it's the first time they've collaborated for a while let me um let me actually bring it up I did have the article somewhere on set. I want to bring it up on screen so we can have a look at it. Because um, I think visually, it's a stunner. Like, um, Zagato absolutely nail the visuals. Um, only 10 of the cars, I think, built, all supposedly sold. I don't think we're going to find out how much it cost, but I'm going to say circa 300 grand, probably. Um, but yeah, that, okay, so sorry, it is. It's called the, it's the, success, the spiritual successor to the Wedge. But it's officially called the Alfa Romeo Giulia short wheelbase Zagato. Right. What I love about it is it's based on, it's essentially a rebodied GTAM. That hardcore, full on Giulia, which I I love. I think that would be more than 300 grand. Do you? Half, do, half yeah. a mil? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, mate, you're probably not wrong. It, 10. It, if BMW are charging $750,000 for a CSL. Fair point. Actually, you've just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> at, at minimum, that's half a mil, isn't yeah. it? At minimum, that's half a mil. But it's super cool. Like, I say, styling-wise, I think it's stunning. GTAM, best version of the Julia. It's a manual. Oh, my God. <laughs> which obviously 500 grand for a manual. Makes me super happy. Um, yeah, loads of sort of iconic, the double bubbles. Looks like a Vantage style. from the back. Yeah, so some people have been saying, it's just, did they steal the rear end from the Vantage? You're really not wrong. Like, some of those rear angles, that is all Vantage. Um, there we go, the tail lights. They must have borrowed those from Aston Martin. Well, they, they wouldn't have had to borrow them. They could have just took them. So they don't put Look, them on their car. It literally, I mean, that is it's that advantage. could be a vantage, couldn't it? That's the yeah. disappointing thing. Um, but aside from that, yes, yeah, super cool. Like two of the most iconic brands coming back together. They've obviously had a, a big history together. Will we ever see these things on the road? I doubt it. I highly doubt it. If there are 10 all sold, kind of all created under the radar, um, offered to elite customers of Alpha and Zagato. But I adore it. I mean, It'd be like that... Um Veloce thing, wasn't it? What was that? What was that that was based on the 8C? The oh, really, no, you're thinking of the um, the really pretty car. Yes, uh, oh my god, Disco Volante. Disco Volante, yeah. I weirdly enough, though, I've seen a few of those knocking around. There can't be many of them, no, though. very few of those. I think probably more than 10, though. Really, I, th- I think, yeah, or only because I've, I've seen like four. Right, so there could be ten. <laughs> four. I get around a lot. <laughs> might, might, you might have seen the same car Should four times. It? Should we Google it? Such an uninformed podcast. How many discos? Look at me and my new... I mean, uh, it's lucky you could type that quick. I'd still be typing after an hour. But, but look at me and my new wireless keyboard. Oh, that's, that's all I wanted to show off. Can you read that? Oh, only eight coupes. There you go. <laughs> well, I've seen half of them. Um, You've seen the same car four times, mate. Well, yeah, if they've repainted it. Um, oh, but you know what? 
the only thing that I'd say, I, mean, I say I'm all for this, even if it's stupidly overpriced or whatever, because I think it's beautiful and I'm all for it. And Zagato's do amazing work. The only thing which I'm sad about is obviously it was rumoured for a long time that we might be getting a two-door Julia or some kind of 6C or 8C. I think it was always this. Right. I think all the spy, spy shots, all the rumours, all the whispers of some kind of sporty coupe from Alpha were probably just this, and it means we're probably not going to get that car that Alpha fans like me were kind of hoping we were going to see. Would you buy one? Oh, if it was 150 grand? No, no, no. If you had the money, would you buy one? Oh, yeah. If I had the money, sure. But uh, yeah, it's, it's like... It's crap. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you know if a car's crap? Yeah, yeah, because you buy one. You're the barometer. It's so crap. Harsh. <laughs> so harsh, but it's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, th- I think it's glorious. I, I, I'm, I'm applauding it and I hope we do see them. I hope people drive them, but I just think it's unfortunately very likely, uh, uh, unlikely either. Um, and fingers crossed, I'm wrong. And actually there is still some kind of cool coupe from Alpha coming. But as we've touched on in previous podcasts- Like I'm an sure M4 we've... rival? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's got to be the- what's in that space Gran Turismo rival because or a Roma rival isn't it think of the when the 8C came out even though it was theoretically quite well priced at the time it was a GT supercar it was a not quite a 599 rival but of that ilk so I think if they bought out a two door sports coupe it's got to sit at 175 grand and be I think they'd be better off making a uh, a quadrifolio coupe a quadrifolio coupe and price it as an M4 rival. Yeah. Yeah, you're not. I mean, mega. Mega. I'd be all over it. Me too. Mm. Come on, Alfred. Man. Come on. Um, now, I probably need to address the last video that went live on the main channel. Because it, it, it stirred the pot slightly. <laughs> About my 360. Oh, you've sold it? No, no. A lot of, a lot of people were like, he's definitely already sold it. I know, he's, he's got enough free car refuse, he's sold it. It's not sold. Car still at NVN being worked on. It's definitely not sold. I can tell you it's definitely not sold because yeah. no one's silly enough to buy it. <laughs> That's a lie. I had a few people actually email me. Did you week. really? Yeah, genuinely. But I look, I always want to try and be honest with you guys as much as I can. Of course, there's a part of my business, which is building hype and, and, and creating storylines and things like that and narratives. For example, like the GT3, I haven't revealed the spec yet and things like that. So there's part of that, but I'm also trying to be as upfront as I can be. And, and that video was purely trying to explain my emotions for the last few months. And, and as I was filming that video, you can almost hear my brain and my thoughts going back and forth throughout it. And there was a complete truth to the fact that at the end of this incredible year with that car, I was a bit like, where do I go from here? What do I do? Because content-wise, emotionally, connection, everything, it's reached this real moment of like, well, I've, ach- I've, ch- I've achieved so much with that car. No, I didn't know this was a business. I thought it was just a jolly for you. <laughs> I, d- I didn't know you earned any money out of it, mate. It is a surprisingly a business. <laughs> to actually try and make it's money. It's amazing, ladies and gentlemen. He actually does this for a living. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so so yeah, so I was trying to trying to be honest uh, with my emotions, but during that filming process and during that video, you can hear me start to realise that maybe it's just the fact that I spent a lot of time in the car, hadn't driven it for a while, you know, like. How do I dress? Do you want my advice? Yeah, yeah, go on. Do you want my advice, mate? If you've had a fault, I don't know because you've not told me, but if you have had a fault about selling it, it's time to go. Get something else. uh, If it's crossed your mind, it's the end. But you do know the 
only thing I would get is a Chan Stradali. I'm, get that I am never selling that car to get a 458 or 599 or an MC20. I am literally, I only would sell that car to get a Chan Stradali. And the only reason I'm considering it now is because, as I say, of where I've, whatever I do with that car next, and hey, there are still a lot of adventures and already stuff that I've got penciled in for 2023 with that car. I'm like, brilliant, great, I can't wait. But it's, it's, it's similar, you know, it's the same. And that's, that's fine. That's not, I, I still love and adore that car, but I always said I would work as hard as I can to get to a point where I can have a chance for Dali and love it. And I don't know. I, the, you can hear, I'm not convinced either way. You just said similar and the same in the same contents where we argued for 10 minutes on a previous podcast last year about similar and same not being the same, but you just said it in the same content. So it is the same. But anyway, what? that's what I'd pick you up on that. About what? Well, we had this conversation, actually, at the very start of the year. Go back, ladies and gentlemen. I think it was the first podcast of 2022, if my memory serves me right. We had an argument about 360 and Challenge Sadani, and I told you to buy one. You said, no, because they're similar and not the same. Now you've just said similar and the same, the same content. Okay. But, I- but it's not the same. <laughs> Just thought I'd pick you up on that. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe a lot of <laughs> you know remembers. what talking about. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. But anyway, okay, so long story short, the 360 is not sold. I have no immediate plans to sell it. I'm in no rush to sell it. I don't think I will sell it. I still love and adore it and cannot wait to keep enjoying it. But if there was ever a moment to replace it with a Challenge Dali, perhaps that moment is approaching. Oh, I think That's you all should it sell it. I, but, but I don't think I should. I think... I'll get back in that car in the spring, take it on its first drive of the year and go, oh, I'm never getting rid of this thing. All right, then let me put it another way then. Maybe you're not going to sell it because you're not, you can't quite afford a challenge. I, but the thing is I can, so this is the whole revelation. What are you doing then? I spoke to Magnitude Finance. A left-hand drive challenge for Dali would be £100 more a month than oh, you, I'm paying for Oh, you need your head testing. So I know you, you have a, a, on a serious note, without winding you up, because I do like to wind you up, I know you have a real affiliation to your current car. Emotional connection. Uh, yeah, of course. And it would give you that because of what you've done in it over the over the four or five years that you've owned it, right? So that will never go away, by the way, because I had that same emotional attachment to my free RS and other cars, the pistas that I've had, same. But let go, mate. Go and buy your dream car, the car that you've always banged on about for eight or nine years Now's the time. Go and do it. You only live once. Flipping hell. According to my wife, I don't. If I, if I buy a Stradale, the same thing, I'm getting more. a GT3. Tell, <gasps> us, tell us the same money. Lie, mate. Most people do. Most men do. It is still debt, though. Okay, it's 100 more a month, but it is still debt across my name. Oh, Let's not forget that, that. that. Let's not make a rosy picture of finance. I'm like, oh, it's only 100 quid more. It's still a huge amount of debt that whole I'm taking world, on. whole world rolls around debt. I know. Mate. But money, look, money, I, money is debt. Look, you are the devil on my shoulder and that's the voice that's whispering in my ear. My biggest fear and concern is the connection I've built with my 360 is because of what I've done with it and that car. And and it's well and easy for me to sit here and go, yes, well, look, it's finally time. I've done everything I want to do with that car. Mechanically and and aesthetically, there's nothing more I can do with that car. Literally nothing more I can do with it. Adventure-wise, of course, there's many more adventures I can go on with it. But there's also many of those adventures that I could go on with the Stradale. But what if I get the Stradale and go... I miss my manual. What if I get... And, and people say, I'll do a manual conversion. I, I, it, it might not just be a 360. It might be that 360 that is what... Anyway, as you can tell... I'll do what Shmi does and go and buy them back. <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. 
It's not. I nothing bought my is, old car back. Nothing is happening quickly. I, uh, I, yeah. Anyway, I had to. I, as you can tell, I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just take delivery of the GT3 first. Let me get out in the in the 360 next year. Let me do a few of the adventures I want to do on. I am fairly confident. I just need to get back in the car. It's been too long. I haven't driven the car for too long. That's the problem. All right. So anyway, um, now last week. Moving on from my 360, let's talk about um, another car in my garage, uh, X3, because we said we would do a bit more of an in-depth chat about yeah. uh, X3. I've probably now lived with an X3 for, for a couple of years, probably, the M40i first and then the M40d. Yeah. Um, so to recap, uh, I had the X3 M40i first, the old generation. Uh, had that car for maybe... 14 months, I think, something like that. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved and adored it. But as I spoke about on the main channel, um, it just didn't do enough for me in the in the pizzazz stakes. And at the time, I wanted something which could be a bit more filmable, a bit more usable, replaced it with the RS6. Turned out to be a bit of a disastrous move. Came out of that and said, okay, stupid, I'll go get the F-Type. And and Vicky, you can have an X3 back as the kind of family family wagon. Um, uh, so, you know. So you just went around in a circle, really? Went around in a circle. But... <laughs> When we were going back to the X3, I said, I think it would be more sensible to get the diesel because of fuel economy. Now, you could, of course, get an X3, uh, what's the hybrid? 30E, is it called? I think it is the 30E. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But sure, the hybrid that, firstly eats into the boot space slightly. I don't think it's supposed to be the best hybrid on the market. I think the X5 hybrid is supposed to be fantastic. Why be the same? I, I guess, but I think it's, a, I don't know. I just when you read reviews, they don't. No one absolutely like sings songs about the X3 hybrid. Right. People will say the X5 hybrid is fantastic, but for whatever reason, the X3 hybrid, people don't make huge amounts on. You can get the iX3, the electric, uh, um, electric X3, but I wasn't that interested. In that. My neighbour's got one of them. Oh yeah, they're good looking, cool cars, but it's literally an X3 with a battery pack. Literally, they don't. It's nothing new about it, so it's probably not the best electric vehicle ever. So no, so M40D was the route to go. So what are the differences? Where do I sit? That diesel engine is just way more diesely than i was expecting so the entire driving experience is less smooth which i was not expecting at all that 40i engine is just such a sweet spot it's an unbelievably good cruiser great around town sounds perfect and is just unbelievably smooth you can drive that car like it's a rolls royce but then also has so much performance uh i think in the m40i i was probably averaging 24 no no 26 26 or 27 mpg probably uh in the m40i in the m40d we're doing around 36 37 so 10 mpg more we're probably doing 450 475 miles a tank where in the M40i I was doing around 350 miles to a tank so we're definitely doing better fuel economy but diesel's 20p a litre more but it, but I'm still doing better mate still better I'm, off. I'm still definitely doing better off um, but yeah as a driving experience I can 100% tell the difference and as a as a car to drive the M40i is 100% better 100% better I'd agree even the gearing feels a bit more Jaggedy. I don't know what that's about. They wouldn't have any different gearing, would they? Would the, no, it's the it's the it's the, the torque different. The torque different. Yeah. yeah. It did. So, I love the M40D. I'm super happy with it. You know, every now and again, I'm like, oh, I just want a bigger car. I'm gonna get an X7. You know, just because I'm an idiot. But actually, <laughs> it's fantastic, and I adore it. But I do miss the smoothness and the power of the M40i. But I, I don't miss that fuel economy. So, oh, I briefly touched on it last week. I think that engine in the M. 
forty eyes. I think it's the B fifty eight engine. Yeah, that's the one. I I I think that's the best engine on the market. Yeah, today yeah. it's a, an unbelievable engine. Yeah. So if you're not too worried about fuel economy, um, which these it's not days, that bad, mate. No, no. As I say. 26, 27 MPG average, and that was mainly town driving with a few bigger journeys um, and 350 miles a tank. Like, that is pretty good. Um, but but at the same time, it depends where your wallet's at. It depends wanna, what you do. Do you want to briefly talk about fuel economy? You can, you can uh, second me on this. Go on. So, uh, normally I drive the van in the week. Yeah. Right? Normally to go around everywhere in the van. And I'll use something for the weekend. So. <clears throat> Last couple of weekends, I've been using RS6. And I've stayed in it because it's Christmas week. I'm going away. I'm going to take you the You want to feel special? No, just like I've got a lot of running around to do. And actually, sure. it's got nice eating still. It's a lovely place to sit. And I thought, well, it's a short week this week. I'll just stay in the RS6. I won't bother getting back in the van. You know me. I know. That's why I got rid of it. I'm doing, honestly, because I'm doing the same mileage as what I would be in the van. This is why I don't drive a big car, ladies and gentlemen. I put sixty pound petrol in it yesterday. Yeah, I put seventy three pound in it today. Yeah, uh, and I'm probably gonna have to put some more in it yeah. tomorrow. It's just not practical. It's a joke. It's not practical. You know, we sit here and we do bash EVs and we do question what the future of mobility is. But as bigger petrol heads as we are, and as much as we as a daily as a car that you use as a daily, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. And if you're doing a lot of miles as well, if you're using it as a daily, we've said this before as well, if we're using it as a daily and you go and your office is 10 miles away and you go 20 miles a day, 10 miles to your office and 10 miles back, fine. Well, not in London, mate, because I was obviously doing the worst fuel economy in and around London. So from my home to the studio, I was doing nine MPG at best Yeah, in stop-start traffic. So it was even more of a killer. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So it's just, there's not really any justification. An electric vehicle, that's justified. If you're doing back and forth, 10 mile journeys and you can charge at home. Yeah. But in an RS, it's just, it's just not worth it. Yeah. So what's the point then? What's the point? I was going to check in on Twitter before we move into our big old topic for the day. Well, I have two you. people watching now. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Nick underscore tweet said, did, we, did I sell my 360? Obviously, we've just uh, covered that topic. So yeah, as I say, not going anywhere fast. Don't worry, guys. Um, uh, Akash uh, has asked, thoughts on the new four-cylinder C63. Do we think, and maybe this is aimed at you, Tony, V8 prices will rise because of the the four-cylinder coming well, I don't in. think they'll rise. No. For sure. Um, they'll probably strengthen for a while. Don't don't forget, I know it is a four-cylinder, and people don't like change, but once it comes out, it finds its feet, it appeals to a different person. They'll sell millions of them because they'll make millions of them. It will be properly, properly fast. I mean, it's 670 horsepower or something, and a thousand pounds worth of torque. I mean, it's a monster of a car. It is two ton, though, by the way. So it's a big, heavy car. Um, but it'll, it'll just appeal to a different person. And once people get used to it, I, I think it'll fly that car. It'll be because it will be a proper car. I I will very interestingly watch that with you because what I would combat that with is when they announced it, most of the AMG community and enthusiasts went, "What?" So initial interest was like a four-cylinder hybrid yeah all of the reviews have been fairly placid like there's really not been much positivity about that car 
No one's come out and said, oh yeah, you might have thought that this engine wouldn't work or the weight. They've all been pretty average. And I think the car's delayed as well anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would actually bet against what you just said with relative caution, because obviously you have much better insight into this stuff than I do. But I, I just think if you're in that space and you've been a loyal C63 or an AMG customer, you might be going, oh, well, okay, let me see what the reviews are like. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to put an order in yet. Let me see what the reviews are like. Or oh, I've put in an order. Now the reviews come out. You're thinking, well, I was already nervous. Now the reviews say it's crap. Screw that. I'm just going to go and get an M3. It's, it's a controversial car that hasn't yet won people over and definitely not the journalists. And if, if people were apprehensive about it initially and then reviews come out and aren't very nice about it, you got you're going up quite against quite a lot there to convince yeah, people I to go and buy it'll it. It'll be absolutely fine, mate. I think it, honestly, I think uh, initially it may have a little bit of a, but this is Mercedes, mate. They'll you know they they do do so much research into into building these cars and they do ask customers and stuff. And yeah, the purest. It's a bit like the Amir Amira chat that we've got to have next week. That we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, Tony. Yeah, 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 that we're going to have. Yeah, that we definitely didn't have an hour ago. And we are going to release next week. We're going to release next week. So more uh, on that next week. <laughs> I was clear that we're double episodes today. Yeah, so this fun. is the second of the uh, yeah. two episodes. That we've Sorry, are we live? Yeah. <laughs> Just tell the, um Yeah, it's a bit like that in terms of it all. It will just appeal to the mass, mate. They, they will. It may appeal to a slightly different customer. And and again, like we spoke before and onwards about values and sports cars changing and in terms of values, hot hatches changes in terms of values. But it will be like a go-to car at that value. I think it will fly. I, honestly, I think it will be fun. What happened with the Cayman and the, the four-cylinder that, that when that came out? And well, obviously, still sold loads of them. Okay, so that's that's what I was going to ask. So it's still sold fine. They, they they weren't impacted. You don't think? No, I mean, uh, yeah, they still they still sold a lot of cars. It's just that they went back to the four cylinder. The four so, liter. Sorry, the four liter. I don't actually know why they went back to the four liter. Probably because they built too many for the GT fours and thought, ah, oh, got a load of engines here. But you don't think as well? They knew it was also a way to sell up because that that the. the Two liter GTS didn't sell well, did it? N- not, not as well as the. And then the four liter came along, and suddenly everyone went psh, nuts. Well, even the four liter GTS has slowed off now. Okay, it's it's not. I, I think that four liter Cayman or just the GTS Cayman isn't as good news as we think in oh, general. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's. I mean, let let, let I say let let's watch the C sixty three. It's de- it's definitely. I think it'd be fun. Um, and I'm sure you're right because you said the same about M3, M4 and, and you were definitely right there. Um, uh, just on Amira, Neil did ask on Twitter, how am I getting on with the Amira? And as Tony just put his foot in or put our foot in about, uh, we've already talked about it on the episode that we recorded before this one <laughs> that's going out next week just yeah. to be, well, to confuse ourselves and you. But as I say, that's what happens at coming up to Christmas. We uh, try and get ahead of ourselves. Um, so look, let's come on to our big main topic of the day. And I say one that supposedly lots of you have been waiting for us to discuss. And it's our dream five car garage. Yeah. So the the premise for this is you just sold Gravelwood for 10.8 billion. Seen through glass, just sold a stake 
50% of the channel's gone for $50 billion. <laughs> Our Euro Millions tickets has come in. We've won $400 million, whatever. Unlimited amounts of cash. And this is you're walking out of your mansion and you've got a garage that can fit five cars. What are the five cars in that garage? Now, I'm not going to judge. If you say you want... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All to be caterums, that's cool. But theoretically, you're probably going to have one which is a bit more of a daily, one which is more of a special occasion car. The- theoretically. So that's kind of where we're going to go. Uh, we'll go one by one, I guess. You don't have to give a category. I don't think we should go. I think we should, you can justify why you have it, but I'm not going to say, right, what's your SUV going to be? What's your sports car going to be? Because it's up to you what, how you fill it. You yeah. might have all SUVs. Yeah. So I'll kick things off and I'll go with my daily. Bentley Bentayga S. Fair. Because I still, for me, and I know Bentayga sort of was a bit hit and miss when it launched. I still adore the Bentayga. I love Bentleys in general. Everyone knows that I'm a massive fan of the Continental. And if I was a bit richer and a bit braver, I would have had one years ago. But yeah, I always think if I had a lot of money, I would go and buy a Bentayga. And actually, whilst we were talking about RS6, you know that I was half considering one of the old shape Bentaygas. And you said, you will spend more on a Bentayga than on your 360 in terms of maintenance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you scared me out Disaster. of it. But, but a new shape Bentayga, the VAS, the quick one with the RS6 engine, with all the nice trims and all the nice bits, perfect daily. For me, perfect daily. And I know everyone's going to... I got slack for featuring the F-Pace SVR and saying, why is there a lot of purists going, SUVs are crap, sack off SUVs. But as a daily, if you've got sports cars, which the rest of my five-car garage does, I don't need to be in a sports car. I want to be comfortable. I want to be wafting. I want to have an engine which maybe sounds quite nice. I want to have stance and presence and luxury and tech and all of these things. The Bentayga is fast enough to overtake some people on a B-road. It's fast enough on a motorway. I am not taking my Bentayga to a canyon, nor am I taking an E63S. I'm just not taking an RS6 
to a B road for a Sunday morning drive. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that is my choice. Well, how do you think about Bentegas? Are you? No, I like them. Yeah, you like them? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like them, yeah. We've had a couple in stock before, and especially the older shape ones as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've driven both models. At 100K, I still think the older shape ones are good values, but you really you, you really scared me about them when I was half considering one. Because um, you were looking at a W12 at 90-odd grand. Yeah, because finance-wise, they were like a grand a month or yeah, something yeah. like that. And I was like, oh, bargain! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where in the world is a thousand pounds a month Flip, bargain? Yeah, I've yeah. lost touch with reality, yeah. haven't I? If you think the RS6 is bad on fuel, by the way. Yeah, joke. Okay. Yeah, one of them w twelve. But yeah, the V8s are, are, are a gem there. Yeah, that's the car to have. The, the, the V8 one, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Same engine as, a, as the, it's that Audi V8. Yeah, well, as I say, the, the, the new, the Bentayga S is literally the RS6 engine, yeah. I think. So it's like four and a half seconds, not to 60 in yeah, a big yeah, yeah. SUV. So. Yeah. Um, plenty fast enough. Okay, so first choice for you, sir. So I'm going I'm, I'm to go SUV as well. Okay, fine. That's a good point. We're starting, the same we're starting the same place. I already know what you're going to pick. And it was a real, real toss-up between these two SUVs, and I've had an argument about both these cars previously in the past. And one of them's a Nourus. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, I can tell you what the other one's going to be, but go on. And the other one is the new Range Rover. Yep. <laughs> Not the Sport, the big four-bodied Range Rover. The SVO? Or no, just, no, 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 like no. Just, just a Vogue. Just a Vogue. Vogue. A diesel or diesel, a okay. petrol one. What, what, whatever. A wafter. Just, just, yeah. And the reason... If I had to pick and I only had to have one car, I'd pick the Urus. But the reason I'm going to go Range Rover is because the rest of my stuff is sports and an Urus is more sport than luxury. So I'm going to go Range Rover as my first car. So the thing about Urus, which I always find... Urus. Urus. Yeah, it's not Urus. It's Urus. Sorry, Mr. Italiano. <laughs> First time you've corrected me on European pronunciation, but you're probably right. On anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the Urus uh, is because it's a Lambo and because of the way it's set up and the driving dynamics and the way it looks, I think you end up wanting to and driving it like a hooligan. Drive like a sports car. Because it's actually a very good wafter. Like it's actually a very comfortable, it's, uh, you know, we keep referencing RS6, but dynamically it's sort of similar in, it, in its cruisability very dynamically yeah but because of everything about it and the fact it's a lambo when you step inside it and all the you're like ah and yeah you drive like a knob yeah you just drive like a knob yeah. so that's why even though it's very good at the daily stuff you're right it's unrelaxing to drive because it's a lambo and and because my next four cars are very heavily towards sport okay so the range rover is a bit like with a Rolls Royce. I it's for don't the family, mate. It's put my dog in, my, my daughter. Well, unless you know. you're actually mentally insane, I don't think you ever get into a Range Rover and do anything but drive as smoothly and calmly as possible. Yeah. Like, there's something about stepping behind the, or sitting behind the wheel of a Range Rover that makes you just go, ah. Oh. Yeah. And your heart, your, <laughs> your heart yeah. just like beats a couple of couple of ticks less. Yeah, a couple of yeah, ticks less. Does, yeah. You're on the motorway. And, okay, if you're in a Fiesta ST, you're at like 71, 72. Yeah. Most of the time in a Fiesta ST. Yeah. And I'm being polite. Let's face it, most people are at 91 or 92 in a Fiesta ST. Or anything. But you're in a Range Rover, you're like, I'll go 58. Screw it. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I'll me. do 58 in the fast lane. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't, I think that's, I don't knock you. I think that's probably a, a fantastic choice. And like, what colour would you go? I'd have a dark, oh, black, black or grey, black, yeah. black, yeah. black so, or grey. Yeah. So no, I'd have an ivory interior, mind you. What about the dog? What about oh, the dog? Oh, not an ivory no, interior for the no, dog. He'd no, wreck no, it, wouldn't he? No, keep it. I in the 
SVO variant, the special. I wouldn't one. have an SVO. No, but, but in it, they do two tone. You can do the rear seats in one colour and the front seats in different. Stupid. No, it's actually all right, actually. It looked quite good in the, in, in the flesh. A well, dog goes it's, in the boot, mate. He doesn't see in the I don't know. I'm just not like I'm, I've moved the conversation on. All oh, right. Just, just to differentiate the cabins. All oh, right. Different sectors. And actually, just segue for a second. Two cars I just want to quickly talk about in the used market um, <laughs> in this sort of sector. Old shape Range Rover SVA. The real autobiography, the ones yeah, with the yeah. limo seats yeah, and the yeah. TVs. Great value, I think, at the moment, at sort of 90-odd grand. Yeah. And alongside them, old shape Maybachs, similar kind of money. Yeah. Unbelievable, super luxe SUVs. Who all buys the that kit. car, though? Who buys that car? Well, well clearly no one, but, yeah, like, yeah. but, but, but wow, well, I'm tempted. Well, of course you are. <laughs> what have I just said? I mean, I've been sat here for two hours telling you loads of stuff about anything that's crap he buys. If if I didn't, I'm sort of a bit anti-Mercedes. I never really know why, even though I like that EQS. Um, like, I would have a Maybach. I really like a Maybach. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, sorry. Okay, next choice for me. I'm going old. Because, you know, I've, I've had to dilute some of my classic content this year. You know, it still lives inside of me and I still kind of what want to What do you mean you've had to dilute box. it? Well, I just haven't done a load of classic stuff this year. Good. No, it's not good, mate. I, I miss doing some of the old classics. Um, Ferrari 250 short wheelbase. Now, Fair. could it be the GTO engineering one? Sure, I'd take it. Could it be an original? Absolutely, I don't care. I just want a 250 short wheelbase because it still is really the only car that's basically made me cry on camera. Um, it, Why? It's a, Why did you cry? Because it was just so emotionally overwhelming. It's Okay, so I drove the GTO engineering car. Many... Well, when you were driving it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that bad? It made you cry? No, it's that good it made me cry. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> because that is a car that I don't think I... And I know it's not a real one. It doesn't matter. It's exactly the same thing. It's a car I don't think I ever expected to drive. I mean, I've driven a Formula One car, Tony. Uh, but a restricted one. <laughs> it's a 20-odd million pound plus car that no one really chucks you the keys to. And I was never expecting anyone to chuck me the keys to. And for GT Engineering to say, here's a car, go have fun for, like, do whatever you want for six hours. And it to surpass every feeling and emotion that I thought it could and to connect with me in a way that I wanted it to. And 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 it be, like, it was everything. And it wasn't even one that Enzo built. Do you know, like, this was a this is a recreation, which, okay, is to the actual blueprint. So it was near identical. But yeah, I, that just blew my mind. And, and I love... A 50s or a 60s car for me is a it's a different experience. It's a different driving sensation. I adore it. Most of the 50s and 60s cars that I want are multiple millions of pounds and I have to accept that I'm unlikely to ever own one. So I know that, and I've said it before, if I won the Euro Millions, my 20 million, I'd, 250 short wheelbase, I'm there, I'm done, gone. Or when your parents snuff it, you can have one then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an awful thing to say. Like an awful, awful thing to say. No, it's not. I mean, it happens to everyone. But firstly, it's the assumption that <laughs> my parents have 20 mil knocking around that I'm just going to take and spend on a two short wheelbase, which I wish were true. But secondly, let's not talk about my parents snuffing it, mate. What about what? when your parents snuff it? Well, one of them probably already has. I've missed him for 35 years. <laughs> I don't blame him either. Imagine, imagine <laughs> yeah. if you just suddenly got a call saying, hi, we represent your father and uh, he's left his will and actually he's left you 52 million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> he won the jackpot in Texas. Um, anyway. And he didn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that that's my that's choice number two, a classic Ferrari. Yeah, go on. All right, so 
as I've had to listen to you say that, a car's popped into my head that didn't give me, I didn't cry, but it did give me a similar emotion. Go on. Something I wouldn't normally pick because I like modern stuff. You're going to say a 360, aren't you? No, I'm not. <laughs> um, something that's my era and something what, what represents real specialness to me, and that's the Enzo. Oh, yes. Because, oh, well done, sir. Because the experience I had in that car when I drove it, as bad as it was... <laughs> Because it is a bad car, people. It's a terrible Just car. Just FYI. <laughs> we both love it, but it's not a good, like it's flawed in it's so terrible. many ways. Yeah. It's terrible is extreme, but it's, it's, it is flawed. But in modern comparison, it is terrible. It's awful. Yeah, even comparatively to other cars that were out at the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. Me too, yeah. yeah. It's like literally one of my favourite dream cars. And if I had the money... I'd go and buy one tomorrow. Mm. And and I probably wouldn't... I'd do 100 miles a year in it. I wouldn't drive it. Yeah. Just, like, to have it, to look at it. Because it's, like, the name, the way it looks. It's still one of the... the the. I mean, when you see one, it still looks modern now, today. It's still... And everyone knows what it is. It's just one of them cars, mate. It's just a proper icon car. And although I never cried when I drove it... I mean, I'm a man. You were fighting back the tears. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was, but I was like, this is like proper. Yeah. Not well, me. what about when we took out David Lee's? The yellow yeah. one. Yeah. What a vibe. Yeah. I, mean, I was in the passenger seat and I was loving life. Yeah. You, were, you were driving behind me in the Shelby. <laughs> yeah, I was. What yeah. Moment. yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. Good old David Lee. <laughs> Good old David. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and, and your 100 miles a year is to what? To dinner? Or like, would you do a road trip in it? No, 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 no. no. It's just for like, it's a perfect Sunday morning and I want to go and get a coffee at Dalesford in the Cotswolds. In perfect conditions. Okay. In the summertime. Yeah. I mean, one of my best mates took one on a road trip, mate. I mean, he's deluded. I mean, it was t- it was terrible, but I mean, he, he took it. Yeah, and it's really hard to explain because, and, and hey, Tony's the quickest to knock cars that aren't, Good. I, I enjoy and applaud cars from different eras for their quirks and their things. The thing about Enzo, as I say, like a 430 Scud, a 599 GTO, uh, a Carrera GT in my opinion. But I'm trying to think what else were big hitters at the time. McLaren SLR, no. But you know, there's so much else at that time that dynamically, uh, capability, everything is just better. Enzo is still in a straight line, unbelievable, and presence and road feel and all these things like that. But but actually, just wasn't that fast and wasn't that dynamic, right? Yeah. So um, that's what we're trying to say. It's hard, but we'd still have one. You still have one over all those other cars that I just mentioned. Yeah. It's but it's quite a hard thing to to explain. You got to you got to go and drive one, and you'll be like, okay, I see, I see what they're saying, but yeah, it, this yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter that it's kind of it doesn't matter bad how bad it is. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on, uh, I've mentioned Ferrari. Third in my list, of course, has to be a Porsche. Yeah. As a good old fan of the show who knew Jerry Seinfeld uh, uh, questioned us on Spike's Car Radio, am I a Porsche guy or a Ferrari guy? I'm a bit of both, Jerry. Um, but fundamentally, you are a Ferrari guy. Yes, man. yeah, absolutely. But, but third on my list, we got there. Uh, 991 Speedster. 
I still, I mean, obviously I haven't taken delivery of my 992 GT3 yet and maybe that's going to change my mind and maybe I'll fall in love with that car and build a story like I have with my 360. But to this point, for me, that 991 Speedster is just such perfection for modern Porsche. And I do like a top-down car for the odd occasion and I just love the 991 era, my connection with it, the Carrera, like just everything about it. And I would just, rip out the roof like i would just take the roof out completely to get a little bit more lightweight and it would be my dry weather day car and just you just leave it in la yeah i'd leave it in LA, never, my, my, my mansion at LA. yeah you'd have yeah, a good, place in la good point yeah i mean that, that for me i have to have that kind of all the modern porsches jt2 rs is 992 oh for me that's it's the 991 speedster fair i can't argue with that to be fair I mean, thank you it's not i, I nearly bought one did you yeah well, we had when? several conversations about one about oh, two years yeah. ago. Was it a heritage pack one? Yes. Yeah. I didn't buy yeah, it for whatever reason. What you did? said it's not really for you. Yeah, I, I, and I, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't I, be because you I, said I it had too much I still like it. Yeah, but you yeah. wouldn't have enjoyed it. You said it's not a track car. Yeah. <laughs> Coming on to that, because car number three for me is very, very, very track orientated. Very obvious. Um... Yeah. Pista? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. Go on. The new 3RS. The new 3RS. Yeah. Wow. Haven't even driven it yet, but you're like... I don't need to. Don't need to. I'm, no, I mean, I, w- I will get one at one point. That is your track toy. That'd be the track toy, yeah. Okay. For sure. Fair. And black on black on black on black? Yeah, yeah, stealth car. And at that point, five car garage, who cares what it's like on the road? I would use it for the right. I mean, no, exactly. cars. Yeah, you just drive it to Silverstone. Yeah. Spend a day at Silverstone, drive yeah. back. Because when you see my list in a minute, my my next couple, you'll understand why the free RS can go in there. <laughs> and we'll all applaud you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you because, got a genius. because at the end, my list will, of course, be better than your list. Probably. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the audience decide. I know uh, they'll probably vote with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I like well, I. You can't really go in. I on, can't mate. knock you for picking a three RS. I don't. I don't really have a track car, but I'm not really a track guy. No. But I I would back round all the time. No problem. I'd just go, I'd go tracks like all around the world. But you know my problem with track, track days, and I always say I'm not a track guy, and everyone's like, well, you've bought the wrong car. Why have you got a GT3 if you don't like track driving? But it's more a road car, mate. Thank you. Um, Can you repeat that, actually? But it's more a road car for track. It always has been. Thank you. Um, not, not a track car for the road. Sam still bought, he should have bought a turbo. Um, well, you put turbo tyres on, you might as well. <laughs> oh, by the way, it's, winter tyres are sorted. Good. Winter tyres are happening. So it's the Michelin Pilot Alpen, Michelin, Michelin Pilot Alpin 5s. Brilliant. On. And then when we come back off the back of that podcast and a lot of chat, I've got to do a test. PS4S's and P0's. I'll do it back to back. So I've driven P0 car, okay. but I've had a few people reach out who said that they've done PS4S's and they think they're better than the P0. So I'll do it. I'd, I'd agree. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> so what I don't like about the track days yeah. is I don't like the non-competitive element. What I don't get is the batting around a track again and again and again, bashing your car for like for what purpose is to know that oh yeah I took that corner a bit better than I did last time if there was lap times involved or a race I'm all for it I'm there every day of the week if you said Sam you and me a day at Silverstone lap time challenge I will be there 
every day of the week. I will take you on and I will ruin you. <laughs> but hey, Sam, do you want to come to a track day, an RMA track day, and black around the track with 40 other nutters all trying to plough into you and prove that they're cocks bigger than yours? I just got, I do not care. It's got zero interest to me. Okay. So that's why I'm not a track guy. Okay. Um, so the three RS, yeah, as I say, I would actually get the cup car and go racing. But that's not in my five-car garage. Anyway. Uh, so moving on, the more... And, and what'd you, what'd you, sorry, what yeah. did you get out of getting a cup car and racing at the end of it? There's no money in it. No, no, but there's the I won. There's not the money. Right, there's go, the, there's go, the competitive uh, element. All right, go, go, go with a couple of friends then that have got similar cars and back round with them. No, Be no, but competitive with them. But it's not because because you, you can't race on an open track day. Well, why not? I do it all the time. No, because, find but, someone that's as quick as you and chase them around, vice versa. No, because you you can't. It's not you can't do competitive overtaking on an open track you day. Can on an RMA day. Flag, you get black flag. Not on an RMI day. You can you can overtake lunge into corners and everything. Both sides, yeah. Into corners, into braking well, zones. Oh, technically no, exactly. But, but you can't have a lunge. So it's not I mean, competitive. You can overtake someone on the straight. Oh, all right, fun. Yeah, but you can have a lunge if you like. No, it's an open track, though. You're not supposed to be doing that kind of stuff. Well, you're not supposed to, but everyone does. <laughs> well, there you go. So as I'm there, you know, I, in my lovely 992 GT3 that I've financed to the hill and actually can't afford and I'm terrified by, uh, <laughs> someone's going to come lunging away. Yeah, look at me. I'm chasing my mate in his freaking Lotus. Like, Get out of the way, then. Yeah, but then there you go. Like Anyway, so I'm sorry. It's not interested. It's a load of willy-waving. Or just be track quick. days is willy-waving. Or just be quick enough. No, no, but it doesn't matter how quick no you are. No one's going to overtake you then. Well, yeah, but then you get held up by some douchebags in front of you squabbling out in, in M3s. Well, not if you're fast enough. Go running outside of them. Well, no, not if they're dueling across the track like you saying, overtaking each other. No, you just launch them. Yeah, I know you're right. <laughs> I know go, you're right, but that's why I don't enjoy track. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, my fourth, li- fourth car on the list is probably my more controversial one, which isn't that controversial, but it's Jaguar XE Project 8. Fair. So me being me, I can't not have a Jag. I can't have not have a five-litre Jag. Maybe people were expecting me to say the F-Type Project 7, but look at the rest of my list. The one thing which is hard to come by, and one I think one someone wants or should consider, is a four-seater sports car. It's the, it's the car that you can go to dinner with or, or pick your mates up in or go to an event that's not just two seats. Because when you have two seats, you are super limited to where you can go or what you can do. And therefore, you sometimes have to lean towards the daily or the SUV. What I love about Project A, and the same with Alpha Julia GTAM, actually Bentley Continental, because those rear seats are pretty usable, GTC4 Lusso, things like that, you can actually pick people up. And so I have to have a Jag, and I love the Project A, so for me, that's the one to have. The, the touring spec, I'd have one with a wing, but no roll cage in the back, so the four seats. Yeah. Bish, bash, bosh. As I say, it means I, I can use it with family, with friends, with everything, go to anywhere, and that you can properly attack. A, a back road, a mountain road. Yeah, like fair I enough. could wake up and go for a Sunday morning drive in that Project 8 as much as I could load it up with the family for Christmas lunch. Okay. So, fair. You, I thought you'd be all over me on that. but you No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm fed up with telling you, but it's up to you, mate. It's your okay. five-car garage. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> pleased for you. Cool. Okay. Mine's definitely better than yours. Yeah, go on, so, my next car, I probably consider, that's why I put the free RS in, by the way, but I probably consider this car the best everyday sports car, sorry, supercar you can buy, Pista, 48 Pista. Yeah. I saw that coming. Because it, it's like the the point and squirt trip car. Because we okay. call them point and squirt cars. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, they're they're th- that nice value. 
That's in a the... nice value of 300 grand. <laughs> you have lost yeah, touch, but, mate. Yeah, but look, you know what I mean? You could spend half a million pounds on a supercar. Well, you, you can't. You, know I mean? you could like, spend four million pounds as yeah, well. Yeah, but you what, could spend 50. what I'm saying, <laughs> not <laughs> a supercar or an R8, but that's not really a supercar. It's just hot hatches that are faster. <laughs> so what I'm saying is it, it's, it's that nice sweet spot it does everything it's as fast as anything on the road it's just brilliant it looks lovely it does it's got good boot space perfect for a trip drive it flat out can use it on track probably better to use the free rs though um yeah i can't really say anything bad about it I, what I about just your beloved sf90 no i prefer a pista really so sf90 yeah. yeah for sure yeah I, I will have an sf90 because i've had how many pieces have i had Six, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, team, yeah. So that's what I will have an SF ninety. Yeah, um, I'm equally excited about the two nine six, but I can't put that in yet because I haven't had it yet. Sure, so sure. I, I think you'll still lean towards Pista over two nine six because of what a, I like. Yeah, yeah. I think as as epic as I think the two nine six is, and as much as I love that car, I think you'll want the version speciale for sure because yeah. that was uh, as much as the love affair I had with the normal four eight eight. I, I really loved the normal 488 and it was one of my favourite and for value for money it's still probably one of the best supercars on for value for money for what it does but it was a bit soft for me yep. which yep. is why I like the Pista because it, it it's the harder version of that yeah well you know how you were bowled away by SF90 saying it's a half price hypercar like it's amazing value yeah. I think I hope that's what you'll find when you spend some proper time with the 296 I think you'll go how is this what Ferrari are offering at this price point as in like there, it's just so levels above yeah, for me that that offering. I, I think that two nine six is is a spectacular car in terms of its capabilities. Yeah. Okay, so then my fifth and final is got to be the big hitter. I'm I'm a billionaire at this point. No, well, he's a billionaire at the start. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As I say, no F's given. No Bugatti Chiron. Fair enough. It's you know oh they released that new weird one like the the Chiron tour the Pure Spot touring I think it came out today it's got like a duck tail instead of the big wing I don't really get it but like it's a one of one it's it's got like all the leather they killed like fifty billion cows for it or something like that like two hundred and fifty million leather coats were used for this which seems a bit extortionate but um, the Chiron I was gonna say like the the Veyron like I get a Veyron Vitesse like that because I still think that's from my era, like you know, me and my modern classics that holds, but the Chiron is just so much better. It's just you've so got modern good. classics in there, mate. Exactly, like oh. and and the Chiron, it's a little bit ostentatious for me. It's a little bit showy, but who cares? I'm a billionaire. I probably live in some mansion. So like I don't give a crap at that point. I'd have it brown and um, brown. <laughs> <laughs> it's just probably look quite good in brown. Oh mate, it looks great. I spec one at the factory in brown. Did Love you? It. Yeah, brown carbon <laughs> fiber. Um, even the specking guy was like, "Lovely choice." Sir. I said, oh. Oh, thank you. You know how to spend my money, um, but yeah, I just I can't. If I'm if I've got that money, there are lots of hypercars: nine eighteen Spider, LaFerrari. Um, can't think of many others, but yeah, I I have to go. Sure, I just Fair. I'm probably just a bog standard. I'm not getting a Super Sport. I'm not getting a Pure Sport. I'm just getting the Chiron, and it will be my special occasion car. You do 100 miles in an Enzo. I'd probably be doing. Maybe 200 miles. I might do a trip to the south of France. I might do a trip to my uh, summer resort in Geneva or whatever. But, you know. Um, south of France. Because what a cruiser. I've still said, and I'm going to pitch this to Bugatti this year. God knows if it's going to happen. I want to do a heritage piece with them. But I just want to do a road trip in a Bugatti. Like an actual, legitimate 1,000 miles in a Bugatti. The problem is, mate, I mean, that cost him a fortune. Well, they don't have any press cars. That's what I'm saying. It's a customer yeah. car. So they've got a couple of heritage cars. 
But that's the piece I wanted to do. I wanted to do Veyron, like early Veyron. And then they've just done that. What was the last car they released? The sign off to the uh, engine? I lose, I lose track, mate. Well, that last thing that they just did, which is the sort of convertible, whatever, whatever. I, that's what I wanted to do. Start of the W12, end of the W12, that kind of piece. So oh, driver, cool. heritage, Veyron. I've just given away. If bloody Shmi or JWW do this before me, I'll be furious. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking about this. Ben, cut this bit out or bleep it. <laughs> I've given away all my quote. Anyway, hopefully I'll be working with Bugatti in 2023. <laughs> um, so yeah, there we go. That's my five car garage then. Uh, Bentega S, 250 short wheelbase, 911 Speedster, Project 8 and Bugatti Chiron. Fair. You have one more car to go, sir. What shall it be? So, I was going to say laugh. Okay. I was going to say laugh. I haven't put the laugh in, not because it is it is a dream car, but because the Enzo's in there. And the, the car that I'm going to put in, if I had to pick between these two, and it was only these two, I would go laugh. Mm-hmm. But because I actually think this car I'm going to put in is all round a better car, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it, uh, the 918 oh, yeah. Spider. Okay. And actually, I have a bit, little bit of a confession. I I will buy one of them one day. Like, oh, yeah. It's a full-on, like, dream car. It's going to happen for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a laugh's not, not a thing. I'm not going to spend... Unless I was a billionaire, which is unlikely, I, I wouldn't spend two million quid on a car. I just wouldn't. But a nine eighteen's a million quid. I mean, I would spend a million. Well, quid. and I think there will be off market quietly, especially with the way the world's going at the moment, a higher mileage, maybe less suspect nine eighteen at eight hundred odd grand knocking around in the next couple of years they they, they are that now so like a ten thousand mile car non-visac car they are right on 900 oh well, yeah, i thought they were like 950 or 960 i'd, I'd want a visac car you'd want the whole i'd special. want a low mileage proper yeah. visac car okay, yeah. but that's example. a proper that's a full-on like genuine dream so you've done two porsche two ferraris so you went range rover uh enzo uh, gt3 rs new 992 g3 pista 918 spider pretty good two ferraris two porsches and a range rover yeah well, we can but, see where your allegiances lie. Well, it's obvious because how many times? No, no, fair enough. Oh, hey, look, don't move Porsche from the Ferrari and my favorite best two brands. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we sort of predicted, I think I think I know. I've won. We, yeah. Well, no, no, it's not that. <laughs> yes, it is, mate. To each to their own. But <laughs> you guys can let us know. You guys and girls can let us know which of those two garages you would choose. I pretty much feel like 90% of you will say Tony's. Um, of course, feel free to let us know as well which five cars would be in your dream garage. If you're watching here on YouTube, you can uh, comment below. Uh, if you're listening to us, you of course can tweet us just to check in on Twitter as well. Um, Matthew Collier just said, what are your thoughts on collecting cars, both in terms of events, etc., and their effect on the market, if any? That's a big question, Matthew. Um, we we love collecting cars. We, we keep do, an eye yeah. on them regularly. Super interesting. Uh, we referenced in the episode that's going live next week, uh, the fact that they sold a very early Amira. They've got a GT4 RS up there at the moment, which is going to be very interesting. It, it's a great barometer for me as an enthusiast to see values of cars. I have no idea how it affects you. Um, it doesn't affect the market at all. It's usually quite a bang, sort of bang on-ish or, or around similar, trade. And similar, similar to retail in, from my point of view. Um, it's a very good platform. We actually sold a, a car to um, one of the members of staff last oh, week. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah well, I mean... Two the whole, really nice lads. whole team there are wicked. Yeah. I love the fact that they're branching out into their events, some of their social content. So yeah, we're, we're big fans of collecting yeah. cards and I think it's, it's great for 
automotive community in the UK. We didn't really have something like that into the last few years and, and, and much more success to them, I hope. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else, you can obviously always tweet us, use the hashtag behind the glass, especially as we move into this Christmas season. I'll say we have pre-recorded our episode for next week. We hope you enjoy that. I'll be sharing a lot of my thoughts on the Amira. The video, my proper scene through glass video for that goes live on Christmas Day, a Christmas special. Um, I haven't announced that I've bought one. <laughs> that would have been a good Christmas video, but I'll reveal that spoiler now. That's not what I did. Um, but yeah, that's my video schedule for Christmas Day. Uh, and then we'll be back with you uh, in the new year with new episodes and probably more live streams over on Recast. Those of you that have joined us, for the live stream of this recording session. Thank you so much. It's always great uh, to have you watching us and participating uh, with your comments uh, as we go live. If you want to follow Tony during this holiday season, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And whilst you'll hear from us next week, we'll be back here recording another episode in 2023. But anyway, we'll see you soon either way. Bye-bye. See ya. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.